Buenos días, buenos tardes, buenos noches. Happy May 5th, everybody. That's right. It's May 5th, 2021. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report message, direct message, and it is Cinco de Mayo. So wherever you are, I hope you're drinking some tequila, preferably while you're watching, because it makes the stories all the more fun. And we're going to get to a lot today. Uh, the main story we're going to be covering is this Trump ban on Facebook because the overlords, the overwatchers at Facebook have decided to continue Trump's ban for another six months and then they'll revisit it. And it's like, who's more powerful? Is it the 19 people on the board that decide whether the former president can speak or not? Or is it the guy who's just trying to get his voice back? So we're going to focus mostly on that story. But with that in mind, before I tell you about the other stories we are going to cover, I decided to do a little something today because uh, we are completely, at this point, I would say completely at the mercy of these big tech overlords. And until we basically develop new products and figure out what our off ramps are, this is never gonna get better, right? The government, there's this endless debate that everybody's always having. Okay, section 230, okay, can we break them up? Okay, antitrust, okay, free market. Like we can have those debates forever, but until we actually do something, which is what I'm trying to do with Locals.com, uh, nothing's ever gonna change. If you think the government's gonna fix this problem, the government, which is worse than Facebook, if you think they're gonna come in, and now it's run by Democrats, who gladly would keep Trump off and keep most of you off and keep me off and everything else, it's like, they're not gonna fix anything. They didn't fix it when they had the power and Trump dropped the ball on that and the, the Republicans in the Senate, again, guys, you know, I say guys that I like, like uh, Rand Paul and Ted Cruz, people that I like, drop the ball. They do a lot of this theater stuff, nothing's ever gonna happen. But I do believe in free markets and I believe in technology and that's exactly uh, what we've done with Locals.com. So today only, this is only for today, if you sign up annually at rubenreport.locals.com, if you sign up annually, first off, you get two months free. We always do that if you do the annual subscription. Uh, but if you do it today and then forward your email when you get the email confirming that you've signed up, if you forward that to support at rubenreport.com, I will personally sign one of these don't burn this book note pieces of paper for you. It will include your name, your name and my signature. There you go. And I might even write thanks or something else snarky or fun or interesting. You never know. So all you have to do is go to uh, rubenreport.locals.com or you can go to rubenreport.com slash support. And if you sign up, annual membership, just forward that email. We get you uh, to support at rubenreport.com. We'll send one of those out to you. And I think you'll see something just very, very different happening on our locals community than is happening elsewhere on the internet. Okay, so we're gonna obviously talk about Trump and Facebook and then Trump launched his new platform, which isn't really a platform, it's a little bit of an odd move by Trump, but we'll discuss that. Uh, then Coca-Cola, you know about these people, they send out these sugary drinks to make us all fat and diabetic, and then they have some other stuff too. Um, they were bringing in diversity training and then there was pushback and now they're getting rid of it. So it's like they were kind of admitting they were racist, but then 
they saw the dollar signs and now they're saying we're gonna get rid of that. So now they're just racists who like money. I'm not really sure, we'll discuss all that. And then finally, we got a bunch of clips about COVID because this Fauci guy, this fraudulent Fauci guy, is now talking about kids at camp wearing masks. He's now saying we're in the sixth inning. That's what he said to Wolf Blitzer. We're gonna play the video in a little bit. We're in the sixth inning of COVID. Guys, it's a year and a half after two weeks to flatten the curve and this ridiculous showman, this fraud, Fauci, now it's, we're in the sixth inning and kids should be wearing masks while at camp. I mean, it's completely deranged stuff. So we are gonna get into all of that. And as I said, I hope you're having a wonderful Cinco de Mayo. I hope you're drinking tequila or at least a Corona while you're watching. And before we get to any of that, I wanna to talk to you guys about Raycon. You know, as you guys know, once a year I like to go off the grid for the month of August after spending the last year cooped up at home. I never leave my house actually. I'm excited to be traveling again and looking forward to a real summer vacation. Whether it's work or play, a lot of us are gonna be on the move again this summer, hallelujah. So my advice is that you should take your Raycons with you, whether you're catching up on Ruben Report episodes, I've got my Raycons right here, or powering through your workout with a pumped up playlist, a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ear can make all the difference. And look, these things are freaking tiny and they fit. You get crisp, powerful beats at half the price of other premium audio brands. Raycons look great and feel even better. They come in a range of cool colors and with customizable gel tips included for a comfortable in-ear fit. And Raycons are built to go wherever you go with quick and seamless Bluetooth pairing and a compact charging case. I use them when I'm doing cardio, people. Raycons offering is 15% off all their products for my listeners, and here's what you've gotta to do to get it. Go to buyraycon.com slash Ruben, then you'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order. And it's such a good do, uh, deal, you'll wanna grab a pair and a spare. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash Ruben, buyraycon.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. Okay, so the big story that is sort of lighting up the internet, while the internet can still be lit up, because who knows how many of us are gonna be on it in a couple of years if this all keeps going in the direction it seems to be going. Uh, the big story is that the Facebook Oversight Board, a group of 19 people, have decided to uphold the suspension of the scary orange man. Uh, we've got a quote from the Associated Press. The social network's quasi-independent oversight board voted to uphold his ban from the platform after his account was suspended four months ago for inciting violence that led to the deadly January 6th Capitol riot. But in a statement, it faulted Facebook for the way it made the decision and called its indefinite suspension of Trump unreasonable and unworkable. So before we go on there, we've got some quotes from some of the people on the board. Now again, this is 19 people. It's a quasi-independent board. I don't know what that means. Now Facebook's entitled to having a completely non-independent board. It's their company, they can do whatever they want, but quasi-independent seems weird. And what is it? It's called the Overwatch Oversight. I mean, it's right out of 1984, right? Like, come on, man, this is just, Orwell would be proud. He would just be looking at this stuff going, man, I really did nail it. Um, but in essence, what they did was they said, originally when they banned him, they said, okay, we're getting rid of him altogether. And as I've said many times, it was a digital assassination and we all watched it in front of our eyes and we let it happen. Very similar to what happened with Alex Jones. And that's not a commentary on anything Alex Jones has done or said. 
or even what John, Donald Trump has done or said, right? It's like, we just watch these people just get taken out. There's all sorts of bad people online. There's all sorts of bad activity. There's all sorts of mean people and racist people. A lot of them are blue check journalists who are progressives, who are often very, very racist. I just asked Tim Scott. Um, but we watched it happen and we didn't do much. Now, I will give Facebook a little bit of credit here because at least they went through the theatrics of this, which is bubbling up the conversation again. I didn't expect, you know, over the last couple of days when people are saying, okay, Wednesday's the day that the Facebook oversight committee is gonna decide the fate of Donald Trump. Like, are they just gonna push him into the pit of Sarlacc or are they gonna, you know, whatever. Like, it's just so ridiculous. But I will give them credit in that they didn't have to do this. So the idea that they met and did this so that it makes news again, it gets us all talking about it again. So I am seeing a lot of people talking about free speech related to the big tech platforms where the government's involved and everything else. So in some regard, just keeping the conversation going is good. We've got a quote from uh, one of the board co-chairs. His name is Michael McConnell, very powerful man. Uh, he says, indefinite penalties of this sort do not pass the international smell test. We are not cops reigning over the realm of social media, except Michael, you are cops reigning over the realm of social media. That's quite literally what you are. You reign over who can be on these things and who can't be on these things. Now, there's no doubt that there are all sorts of awful dictatorial people, probably many of them in the Middle East, who are on Facebook. We know Ayatollah Khomeini is on Twitter. We know that bad people are on these things. And we can have all sorts of debates about whether they should be allowed to be on these things and what actually qualifies as a direct threat. We also know, and maybe this is the key to the whole thing, if you, if you take nothing else from this story, that the January 6th Capitol Hill riots, protests, violent acts, whatever you wanna call it, more of it was coordinated on Facebook, okay? Don't take my word for it, do some Googling, okay? You guys have got the Google, at least for now also. Uh, more of the coordination of what happened on January 6th was done on Facebook than was done on Parler. But it's very odd that the big tech people and the Amazon people didn't blow up the Facebook servers, they blew up the Parler servers. And the reason, of course, for that was that Parler was the outsider. Parler didn't have Silicon Valley money behind it. Parler had 21 million users, most of whom were obviously law-abiding, decent people who were nonviolent and everything else. But 21 million users, I can tell you, as somebody that's running a tech company right now, that's an awful lot of users to be able to get to a new platform. It's almost impossible these days. And basically, the, the tech gods were like, all right, let's just take out the competition. So they just blew up the servers in effect. But more of the violence, if what you're concerned about is Donald Trump and how he coordinates violence, even though he told people to be peaceful and everything else, if that's what you're really concerned about, you might wanna take a look in a mirror, right? Like that's might, maybe what you would wanna be doing. Uh, but at the same time as all this was happening, just yesterday, Donald Trump, who's been promising this new platform, and I've been asking around, right? I've got, I've got some connections, and especially now with, with the local stuff, I have a little more insight into what's going on in the tech world and how to build things and who actually can build things and all of the, the philosophic and technological principles behind it and everything else. 
Um, so there's been talk over the last couple of weeks and months that Donald Trump was gonna launch some sort of platform. At some point, it seemed like he was maybe gonna do it with Mike Lindell, the pillow guy, who actually did launch a little something that's just sort of a, a marketplace. It looks more like an AOL website from years ago. I, I like Mike Lindell, but that, that thing sort of is what it is. Uh, but Donald Trump did release his new site yesterday, which a lot of people were calling a platform. But let me read this to you from Fox News. Former President Trump launched a communications platform on Tuesday, which will serve as a place to speak freely and safely, and will eventually give him the ability to communicate directly with his followers. The space allows Trump to post and allows followers to share the former president's posts to Twitter and Facebook. However, the new platform does not have a feature to allow users to reply or engage with Trump's post. Okay, so first off, let me say this. Uh, I know how difficult it is to, to launch anything in the tech world, and you don't just launch everything at once. So for example, we've launched a great set of features on Locals, and we've built our video player and audio player, and we have a great news feed and live chat. But like, for example, we're just now beta testing live video streaming, and it's gonna be tested in my community first, and then we're gonna move on to other communities. So it takes time to do all these things. So the fact that Trump's site is very scaled down, I don't think is, is too much of alarm. However, they, they did nothing here. I mean, in essence, Trump has a blog, right? Like this is just like he can post things and then you can click a button to share it to Twitter or you can share it to Facebook, which is exactly what a blog that you could have signed on for like a blog spot, blog, <laughs> a blog spot blog, uh, you know, like 20 years ago. So in essence, that's what it is. So in no way is this a platform because no one else can do anything there. Now they are saying they'll eventually have some features to allow people to reply and engage and everything else. So I don't want to be too critical of it, but but it shouldn't be framed as this is a platform. All this is is a blog. He wants to get his his word out there. Now, of course, what he also has to realize is, you know, Twitter and Facebook could just, you know, basically go into the API and cut off the ability for him to allow people to post the stuff on their platforms, right? Because right now he's just got a button. If you like what Trump says, you can click that button, it's gonna go over to Twitter, it's gonna go over to Facebook. They could just say, okay, we're not gonna allow that site to do that. So they haven't solved any technological uh, problems here. They haven't figured out any of the litany of issues that are there, but it is a first foray. And I bring that up within this Facebook story because it's like the guy's trying to do something. I'm not impressed yet, but I also know that these things take time, so we shall see. Anyway, to wrap this all up in a nice little bow, um, the point here basically is that if big tech is going to wield this extraordinary power over us, then we all have sort of limited amount of time to figure out what our off-ramps are. I think you know what my off-ramp is at this point. I'm not trying to make this a commercial, but we all should be thinking about this. You know, These things will not last forever unless we give them the power to last forever. Remember MySpace, remember AOL? These were ubiquitous things that we all thought were all part of our lives that were never gonna go away, and eventually they do go away. And I suspect there's so much happening right now in the crypto space, the blockchain space. There's so many new tech companies bubbling up all over the place. I think I've mentioned it on the show. We're moving locals to Miami, which is now the new tech hub of the United States. There's so much happening that, you know, if we just divert our attention away from these platforms, that eventually they'll crumble. And then it'll be 10 years from now, it'll be 2031, and we'll be looking back on, man, you remember, remember all that time we used to spend on Twitter? that evil hellscape of an awful website where everybody 
was trying to destroy each other? Like what kind of self-imposed mental institution were we really putting ourselves in? Like that's the way we're gonna think about it. And I really think that's the same thing that will happen to Facebook. It'll be like, what? You were on facebook.com where you didn't own any of the stuff and they were selling your data and you were the product and you kept posting personal pictures there and it was unclear who controlled any of that information and you knew that they were manipulating you with an algorithm that was showing you political pictures and baby pictures and grandma pictures and terrorist attack pictures and it was making you crazy and it had infinite scroll to make you really bananas. Like, I think there is a way off all of this stuff, but that way involves a little bit of discipline on our behalf, which is maybe don't use them as much. And I say that with all due irony because I still do use Twitter, um, but maybe don't use them as much and figure out what, what it is that you want. What is the nature of the relationship that you want with the internet? I think that's what this is really about is like, you know, people think we have to be on these things to function. And I'm starting to think we really don't. And, and the highly functioning people won't be on these things. You know, it's sort of like when you hear about all these TV executives or big tech people, all these super rich people that don't let their kids have phones. Why is that? They don't let their kids watch TV. Why is that? Maybe they're onto something. Maybe they know they've been peddling drugs to us and, and now we're the addicts and they just keep giving us more and more while they basically don't, you know, play in the game that they're, you know, basically forcing us to play. And you think it's something to do with that or am I a crazy conspiracy theorist who should be kicked off Facebook? We'll leave it up to the oversight committee. All right, guys, let's move over to the second story. So Coca-Cola has paused its aggressive diversity plan after their chief lawyer resigns. This story is so bananas and it's such a perfect example of everything wrong with social justice and the, the evil marriage that it now has with our giant corporations. So this is from the New York Post. Coca-Cola has paused its controversial diversity plan that included penalties on outside law firms if they failed to meet racial diversity quotas after intense backlash. So let's just pause for a second before I continue. Uh, did you catch what I just said there? Coca-Cola was going to actually punish companies, basically not work with companies, if they decided that they wouldn't have racial diversity quotas. It's funny, I thought quotas were bad. I thought saying, oh, we should have this many people because they're white, that would be bad, and this many people because they're black because they're bad and everything else. But Coca-Cola ingested these horrific ideas of social justice and they were gonna not work with companies that did not have the racial diversity quotas that they wanted. So okay, now that you got that. The pause on this ridiculously horrible policy comes after the orchestrator of the plan, Coke's former general counsel, Bradley Gayton, abruptly resigned last month after less than a year on the job and as criticism of the quotas mounted. Some questioned whether Gayton's policies violated Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which says employers can't treat people differently based on their race. Yeah, that whole Civil Rights Act. Remember that Civil Rights Act thing that we passed because we didn't want people to discriminate, so we didn't want quotas. We wanted to make sure that the government wasn't gonna discriminate, and actually, in terms of the Civil Rights Act, that companies weren't gonna discriminate. And then what happened? Flash forward from 1964 to you know, 2021, flash forward you know, those 55, 60 years, whatever it is, and it's like, oh, now we want quotas. And why is that? Because as I always say, the anti-racists have become the racists. Anyway, Coke got real pushback on this. There was a ton of people online saying, I'm not gonna drink Coca-Cola anymore. And by the way, you, you really, not that you need uh, you know, 
health advice for me, but you really shouldn't be drinking Coca-Cola anyway. It's something, it's how much sugar is in a can of Coke? Can I get a number on that? It's so much sugar, it's ridiculous. If you were actually to see it, I saw a YouTube video once of someone where they actually showed the teaspoons of sugar that go into the can of Coke. 39 grams of sugar in a 12 ounce can of Coca-Cola. Like try to do 39 grams, go into your kitchen after this. And, and measure it yourself in a measuring cup, what 39 grams of sugar are. And try to imagine that that's what you're putting in yourself in a, in a 12 ounce cola can. I'm probably gonna get killed by a big Coke now um, for, for talking about this. But, and actually in America, it's even worse than just sugar because we, we don't even use sugar in ours. We use high fructose corn syrup, which is a easier way, a cheaper way of making sugar. So you have to get a Mexican Coke, happy Cinco de Mayo, everybody. You have to get a Mexican Coke, actually, if you want real sugar. A lot of people don't know that. There is not real sugar in our cans of Coke. But anyway, that, that's a sidebar to all of this, which is that this story is so hilarious because a giant corporation decides to institute racism in the name of anti-racism, have Companies that we work with will have to have racial quotas. This is what the bad guys would have done in the 60s and the 50s, right? They do it, then the market speaks, right? This only is because of the market. Like this guy waking up, the lawyer, the, the legal counsel there, him waking up and the company reversing has very little to do with someone realizing that these are horrible ideas. It's like, oh, actually somebody in sales started looking at the numbers and they're like, holy shit, do you see what has happened guys since we announced this in the two weeks since we announced this anti-racist policy? People are, are angry and they're not buying Coca-Cola. And again, you should be drinking water. Actually, they don't sponsor me, but I'm gonna show you what I drink, okay? Can I do this? I can do this, why not? I got those, go ahead. I got Spindrift here, okay? Spindrift, it's just soda water with a tiny bit of uh, fruit, basically. 15 calories, what do we got here? Four carbs and, yeah, zero fat. Anyway, the point is, there's, there's basically no sugar in here. It's a little bit of pineapple juice in this one. I'm enjoying a nice pineapple Spindrift. This is not an ad. I would be happy to promote you guys. I drink a ton of this stuff. But if you want something with a little flavor and some bubbles, there's other ways to do it besides Coca-Cola. You also could just get club soda and put it, I mean, that's what I do sometimes. You just get club soda and put a tiny bit of lime juice in there. That'll work too. But again, all of that is a sidebar to the ridiculousness of these companies, which is, okay, we're gonna do something in the name of anti-racism because we're good guys. Then we're gonna get pushback because we're gonna realize that it's gonna hurt our bottom line. And now they're getting rid of the policy. So are they say, are they basically admitting, well, actually we are for racism now. We're for racism, but we're also for money. So we're gonna have to run with this thing. I mean, it's just, so bananas, don't drink Coke. Okay, let's move on. COVID, speaking of bananas. Uh, Fauci, you know about this, uh, this fraud. This guy is just drunk on power, the most highly paid person in the federal government. That is correct, can we get the exact salary? I believe it's over $400,000 a year. That's what Fauci is making from the federal government. I don't think he's ever in the lab as far as I can tell because he's basically just a media whore at this point. Well, he went on Wolf Blitzer, who is a humanoid robot on the fake news channel known as CNN, and they discussed uh, what's, where we're at, where we're at. Now remember, a year and a half past two weeks to flatten the curve, but they discussed where we're at in this fight against COVID. Oh, and just to be 100% clear, Fauci makes $417,000 uh, in 2009, so he he doing okay. Uh, let, now let's watch Fauci and Blitzer. Before I let you go, Dr. Fauci, you and I are uh, Major League Baseball fans. Uh, what inning are we in as far as this COVID pandemic is concerned? 
Well, you know, I, I, we're at least halfway through. I, I hope we're seeing, and, and I do believe, uh, uh, Wolf, I'm not trying to be overly uh, enthusiastic about what's going on vis-a-vis the vaccine program, which is so successful, but we've really got to not declare victory prematurely. So we're in the late innings, but it's not over. That's the thing we really got to get people to appreciate. We're going in the right direction. We're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. But now's not a time to declare victory. It's a time to get more and more people vaccinated, just the way the president said today. We want to get to that goal. It's a doable goal, and I believe we'll get there. So you think the seventh, the eighth inning, or late innings, what, what inning are you talking about? How about the, the bottom of the sixth? Bottom Try that one. All right, we'll, I'll go with the bottom of the sixth. That's not too bad. All right, Dr. Fauci, as usual, we'll go to a baseball game one of these days. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, so you think the seventh inning, the eighth inning, the ninth inning, the twelfth inning? Are we in the 46th inning? How many pitchers do we have left on the bench? Are we going to have the first baseman uh, pitch in the bottom of the eighth? It's all so ridiculous. First off, I just quickly on Blitzer. Blitzer's not human. I, I, I don't know what he is. I believe him to be some sort of synthetic humanoid robot that they put in the skin of a CNN news anchor and they put him there. And I, if I'm, I don't have any evidence of this, but I am fairly certain he is actually plugged in to a long wire in the situation room. Like that's what the situation is, okay? The situation is that they've got a fake newsman there. He's, he doesn't strike me as human, but putting aside whether Blitzer is human or not, uh, Fauci, uh, we're at least halfway there. It's a year and a half later. What the fuck are you talking about? It's a year and a half later. Everyone's ignoring this, by the way. The traffic has come back in LA. No one is listening to any of your nonsense. Well, I can't say nobody because there are a certain amount of blue and on brainwashed people that are still listening to this. But everyone is, everyone's sane, I would say, for the most part, has decided to go ahead and live their lives functionally. And again, that can include wearing a mask if you so see fit to wear a mask. And if you want to get vaccinated, you can get vaccinated and all that. But the idea that he would say that, the implication the sixth inning, that means we're two thirds of the way through this thing. So we still have basically another year of this thing. It's never gonna end. It's never gonna end. And the fact that they're talking about it with baseball analogies shows you how unserious these people are about these things. What did they mean? What did they mean a year and a half ago, two weeks to flatten the curve? Notice they never mentioned the curve anymore. What the fuck happened to the curve? Sorry, I'm cursing. But like, what happened? What happened to the curve? It's just ridiculous. And we can't declare victory. And guess what? They're never gonna declare victory because they love the power that we've all given to them. They love that they can control us and decide who can go to work and when they can go to work and who can own a restaurant now and become a functioning, decent human being with dreams and passion and everything else. That's what this is about. This is a freaking big ass test to see what they can do to us next, whether they want climate lockdowns or they'll just make, you know, they'll be COVID six or, you know, just whatever the uh, imaginary disease, what was the imaginary disease in uh, contagion? What was that disease? Get me that disease, because they're gonna tell us that disease was real, which by the way, uh, Sanjay Gupta, the doctor, uh, and you know, CNN's doctor, he, was, he played Sanjay Gupta, the doctor, in the movie Contagion, which was about this whole thing. I think we played that clip very early on. What was it, it was some, the what does the some kind of something other disease? It was the MEV1, was the film's fictional virus. Sort of sounds like COVID-19. Anyway, Fauci uh, then went on NBC to talk about what your kids can do this summer. And um, if you have a punching bag, I would recommend keeping it nearby. Here we go. 
summer camps are coming up and a lot of parents are looking forward to sending those kids out and hoping they have a great summer since they weren't able to last summer. But the CDC guidelines right now for kids in summer camps say masks must be worn at all times, even outdoors, by everyone, including vaccinated adults and children as young as two years old and campers should stay three feet apart, even outdoors. My question to you is, given what research shows about uh, transmission outside, about the low risk of serious illness, in children. Are these CDC guidelines excessive? You know, I wouldn't call them excessive, uh, Savannah, but I, they certainly are conservative. <laughs> and, and I think what you're going to start to see is really in real time, continually reevaluating that for its practicality. Because you're right, people look at that and they say, well, is that being a little bit too far right now? Yeah, because aren't we supposed to be, fo- we're, I mean, we've been told, people have been preaching for a year, follow the science. The science right, doesn't right. suggest those CDC guidelines are too sensible for little kids outside in 90 degree heat running around with masks. <laughs> yes, Amani, you've asked me that question a couple of times before. <laughs> I'm asking for two kids named Vale and Charlie, age six and four. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're right. The CDC makes decisions based on science. They will continually reevaluate that. You're right. It looks a bit strict, a bit stringent, but that's the reason why they keep looking at that and trying to, you know, reevaluate on literally in real time whether or not that's the practical way to. I'm sorry. If you believe that guy at this point, I'll have what you're having. Like, because you swallowed the blue pill and, you know, ignorance is bliss. Like, what? What is he saying? First off, I thought we were just told, weren't we just told like two weeks ago or 10 days ago that being outside without masks is what they're telling us to do, that it's actually okay? And even here in Bananas LA, I started seeing more people. Uh, walking around without masks outdoors. Now we're saying kids. We know that there's virtually no transmission with kids. We know this to be true. So you want kids in summer camp, and Savannah Guthrie actually did a nice job there. You want kids in summer camp in 90 degree heat to be running around and playing basketball and doing track and field and archery and all of this stuff while, while they're wearing masks, even though we know kids aren't getting it, kids aren't transmitting it. At summer camp, you're outdoors literally all day. I went to summer camp my entire life. There's pretty much nothing indoors and you pretty, even, even lunch, you're basically you know, you're eating sometimes under some kind of roof, but everything is outdoors. And obviously all of the counselors are gonna be vaccinated. All of the staff is gonna be vaccinated. So what the high hell is this guy talking about? Like, and by the way, notice how everything he says, he says, follow the science and the CDC guidelines. He gives you the buzzwords, he gives you the bumper stickers, but how about you tell us the numbers? Okay, okay, Fauci, how about at this point you tell us um, about these conservative numbers you're discussing? Well, how many kids have transmitted to other kids in the summer, a year and a half later? How many, how many, how many kids got COVID two weeks ago outdoors? That would be my guess. That, that wasn't white powers. I apologize. It was just a, that was a zero. We used to call this a zero. Uh, now it's thought of as, as white power symbol. Uh, here we go. Congratulations, Media Matters. You got your clip. Uh, all right. But then, if that's not enough for you, uh, presidential advisor Anita Dunn went on CNN 
uh, to talk about schools reopening in September. So we just talked about what's gonna happen in the summer. We're gonna put these kids, I mean, Jesus Christ, we're gonna put these kids in masks, have them run around, probably all develop social anxiety disorder and pass out and all that stuff. But let, but school, certainly we could be going back to school in September of 2021. Uh, Anita, uh, President Biden said in an interview that schools should probably all be open in the fall. Can you clarify, is it the Biden administration's position that all K through 12 schools should be back full in time, in-person learning, start of next school year? And is the Biden White House willing to push back on any teachers unions or others who stake out any position to the contrary, not backed up by science? So, Jake, one of the great accomplishments of this administration, and one the president is very proud of, is that 80 percent of the teachers and school personnel in this country have now been vaccinated. If you recall, a couple of months ago, we—the um, president made the announcement that we were going to have a special supply of vaccine dedicated precisely for this reason. Now, he said probably. He didn't say absolutely. But given the science, if— the vaccination program in this country proceeds. If people do go get their vaccines, there he does believe that schools should be able to reopen in September and reopen safely following the CDC guidelines. But he said probably, he said, did not say absolutely, because we've all seen this since, unfortunately, January of 2020. It's an unpredictable yeah. virus. Guys, schools probably should open two weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah, we're just gonna keep pushing you morons. Remember back in April, LA, we're just gonna lock you down till August. You all get it? Man, these are middle management, awful bureaucratic bullshit artists. I don't know if Elon Musk is watching the show and I know he's doing Saturday Night Live this weekend, so he's probably a little bit busy. Um, and by the way, if, maybe we'll mention it tomorrow a little bit further, but SNL, Saturday Night Live, which is, it, it used to be a comedy show years ago, it's just awful trash now. I don't think anyone really watches it anyway. It's just the same blue check journalists just write about it over and over. Nobody actually watches it, but um, they, SNL actually announced to their staff that if they don't wanna come to the show that night, including the on-air talent, because Elon Musk is such a right-wing maniac, basically, uh, that they don't have to, that they can have their own basic safe space, that there'll be a trigger warning and a safe space. I mean, how freaking absolutely pathetic. So in any event, I, I suspect Elon Musk is not watching today because he's probably in acting class or something, but I just wanna make a plea to Elon Musk, which is take me with you, take me with you to the moon, to Mars, Xeon 7, Mustafar, like, I gotta, I gotta get going. I, I can't take much more of this, you understand a lot? I, I can't, you, wherever you're going, I, I don't even need a seat. I will sit in storage, okay? I just, I don't need, I'll bring my own food and water, all that stuff. I gotta get off this rock, man. These people are crazy. These are crazy people. We are in the midst of a zombie invasion. There is a mind virus and you know, you're our only hope. You already put a Tesla in orbit, remember that? Like, can, is that thing still floating around? I will move to the floating around the, te remember that? He put a Tesla in orbit and just had it floating around or something like that. Like, man, please. I, I gotta go, I, I can't do it much longer. You understand, everyone's absolutely insane. Except you, the good people watching this, because I know you're sane, and, and I should say that actually I think a lot more people are sane and a lot more people are waking up, but man, 
Man, the crazy ain't going anywhere, people. It just ain't going anywhere. Uh, however, if you would like a little sanity, please join us at rubenreport.locals.com. And as I said earlier, if you join today only, I will personalize a book plate for you, a little note that they gave us when, uh, when Don't Burn This Book came out. I will put your name, I'll even write something for you, and I will sign it. We'll do it for, I don't know, let's say 100 people today, the first 100 people that sign up will do, ah, you know, we'll just do it for everybody. Anyone that signs up today, if you sign up annually uh, at rubenreport.com slash support, you sign up annually, you get two months free, and uh, you just forward that email once we send you the email saying that you've actually paid, uh, you just forward that to support at rubenreport.com, I'll sign one of these for you, and you'll be part of a community of sane, fun, decent, good human beings. They still do exist. Guys, part three, of my interview with former South Carolina governor and former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, is up at rubenreport.locals.com. And of course, the full episode is up there ad-free already. And then on Friday, we'll be doing a Q&A tomorrow, so if you wanna get your questions uh, in on that, that's also on Locals. And then on Friday, we're gonna do a panel all on Canada because if you're not paying attention to what's going on in Canada, if you think that Fauci and these draconian morons that we have here in the United States, if you think this stuff is bad, in Canada, they, are, they have extreme lockdowns. They still have curfews. They're arresting people on the street. Uh, Viva Fry, who's a lawyer who I've had on the show once before, who's just absolutely fantastic. He's been fighting it on the front lines. And Ezra Levant from uh, The Rebel, who has been probably the main guy exposing all of the BS happening in Canada. He'll be on, and then we're working on the third panelist. You know, getting, getting emails out to these people in Canada can be tough. So we will have a third panelist, that'll be on Friday. And in any event, enjoy Cinco de Mayo. I hope you get out there, have a margarita or a Corona or whatever it is you do. You know what, you know what, I'm in such a good mood. I said last week that you guys can't get guacamole with your Chipotle anymore. You guys can have guacamole today in honor of Cinco de Mayo. What a day, people, what a day. Enjoy it, get out there. And Alan, uh, reach out to my people, okay? You, you can find my people and I'm coming with you. We're going, gotta go, can't stay here. Oh, and by the way, we're gonna play you out to a, a little video that we put together in honor of Lord Fauci. Dr. Fauci, you and I are uh, Major League Baseball fans. Uh, what inning are we in as far as this COVID pandemic is concerned? Uh, how about the, the bottom of the sixth? Bottom Try that sixth. one, Lord. All right, we'll, I'll go with the bottom of the sixth. That's not too bad. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubenreport.locals.com.